Hello and welcome to the Sexy Aging Podcast. I'm Tracy Minoknuku, your host. This podcast is part of a suite of tools and resources to help midlifers navigate the challenges that come with health and wellness. Many of the resources have a focus on the menopause transition and the challenges with gaining credible information and support. If you check out www.sexyaging.com and subscribe, you'll be informed of new podcast episodes, new blog posts, and details of my book, My Menopause Memoir. But now, it's time to tune in for today's special guest. Oh, hey there. I'm Holly. And I'm Sarah, and we're the hosts of Cover Your Eyes Podcast. We revisit the 80s and 90s movies of our childhoods and wonder, why the hell were we allowed to watch this? Is it too late now? Is the damage done? Join us and find out as we laugh our way through the trauma and take a lighthearted look at how these movies shaped our views on society, relationships, and sex. Open your minds and cover your eyes. Every Tuesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to episode 49 of Sexy Aging. It was an honor to interview David Stewart, the founder and face of the Ageist publication in the Super Age podcast. David has made it his mission to integrate the latest science of health and longevity into his own life and then share his learnings with others. I would consider David a leader and authority on the mindset and aspirations that drive this influential demographic. I've been an early adopter of David's podcast, and so getting to enjoy this one-on-one conversation was incredibly inspiring for me, and I can give you, the listeners, some insights into my personal passion for healthy aging too. I thank David for his wonderful messages, and I know you're going to love this episode. Well, hey, 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 it's a Friday morning here in New Zealand, and I am beyond excited to be introducing my next guest for the Sexy Aging Podcast. I have David Stewart from the Super Ager. Give it up! Woo! (laughs) Thank you for coming on the show, David. Absolutely. It's wonderful to be here. So it's funny because if people said, oh, you're going to get to interview Beyonce or Oprah or David Stewart, I'd go, oh, David Hanson. <laughs> oh no, honestly, I'd lose my shit if I had to interview Oprah. I mean, that would be next level, right? I do want to shout out that Cameron Diaz, I'm coming for you. <laughs> if you don't put it out there, you don't get it, right? Absolutely. So, um, I just wanted to let the audience know that uh, David Stewart's podcast, The Super Ager, or The Super Age, has been incredibly influential to my own personal journey to discover how to live the best life, the longest life, the healthiest life. And you've had some incredible speakers, um, guests and interviews on your podcast. Um, I will go into the podcast a little bit later, but I'd like to just catch up with you, David, and find out a little bit more about you. I have 1,000 questions and only 45 minutes. So how about you start with um, where are you at? Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Uh, give us a little bit of the background. Uh, right now, where I'm at is in Marina del Rey, California, where I will be until Saturday. And then I'm driving back to our house in Park City, Utah. And I don't know how long I'll be there, probably a few weeks, and then I'll go somewhere else. Um, 
what's the rest of the question? Oh, lost, okay. So totally lost the plot. You're American, so you were. Yes, absolutely. Where's your hometown? Is it Utah yeah. or? That's sort of a hard thing to define. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in a little farm town in Western New York near Canada. Um, I lived in New York for a long time. I lived in Paris for a while. I lived in Los Angeles about 15 years. And with COVID, we left and we bought a place in Park City, Utah. So that's that's sort of where we've been for the last two and a half years. Um, but we move around a lot. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I actually have visited Utah. I have good friends that are from Utah. And it is a stunning location in the world. It's uh, It's got, you know, all the beautiful seasons and everything that happens there. Not unlike parts of New Zealand, actually. Mm -hmm. So, um, yes, yeah, beautiful. Have you been to New Zealand? It's on my list. I want to go skiing in the South Island. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> We've got some of the world's uh, Olympians uh, residing in Wanaka, which is where you want to go skiing. Queenstown, it's absolutely stunning. We won't disappoint. And the borders are open. So come on. Oh, right, right. Hey, yeah. I got to say, I'm a massive fan of your prime minister. Uh, yes, many people she are. She is so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So jealous. Yeah, yeah, she's 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 done some pretty wonderful things, you know, like politics. Some agree, some don't agree. I, I personally love her and I think she represents women and in leadership incredibly well. Um, yeah, so we got something in common there. I have a question. Yeah. Moving on into the whole aging longevity. Yeah. Was there a tipping point in your life or was there a significant event that happened that made you go, um, you know what, I want to do the best that I can for the rest of the life that I have? Uh, okay, so there's, there's sort of a couple of parts to that. The, um, I'm just sort of wired that way. So people have certain um, sort of central organizing principles in their lives. And my central organizing principle has always been my health. Um, that's just have always been. But what I realized with, with, you know, the work that I was doing at Aegis is the main pivot, the difference between the way we are now and say 20 or 30 years ago is that we're healthier. But not only that, we expect to have a longer lifespan and health span. And because of that, everything changes. So like all your behaviors change if that's the way you believe. And so I thought, well, okay, well, you know, People talk a lot about career and purpose and romance and travel and all these things. And they're awesome and they're so important, but they really sit on top of, guess what? Your body. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> you, that's like the number one thing, the base of the pyramid, health, wellness, your body. So that's, um, especially with super age, that's what we've been focusing on is really showing people what's the best science there. Um, you know, a lot of the things we talk about aren't fully mainstream yet. Um, I, I find, I don't know about you, but, you know, I've, I've been working in one form of media or another for a very long time. And the essence of media is to get people to look at you, right? That's like the main thing. Right? Mm -hmm. Look at me. Yep. <laughs> look at me. Look at me. <laughs> That's what we're selling. So if you say yeah. something outrageous, more people will look at you, and which leads to even, you know, important publications like, you know, the New York Times and people which, which I worked for for a long time will, um, when in doubt, tend to say something that's maybe a little bit like, you know, oh, my God, eggs are going to kill you. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, no, not really. Uh, <laughs> but it serves its function of getting people to look. But what that does is it creates this um, just uh, environment of confusing, contradicting information 
and which causes people to just paralyze. They do nothing. And yeah. so we try and sort of simplify that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. I, I absolutely love the publication that you put out, which is called The Ageist. I sub subscribe to The Ageist and I'll talk about that a bit more. And of course, the podcast, which I'm obsessed with. Um, what's the biggest life change you've consciously made for the betterment of your health and wellness? Is there, is it just one thing or is there a couple of things? And I want to talk, I want to break that down a bit more, but what's the biggest mm. life change you've made? Um, I had my spleen removed. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Good. Not good. Hot or not? <laughs> not, not hot. Not Organ hot. removal. I do not recommend it, but, um, when I was 49, I got this like wacko autoimmune blood disorder. I was in the hospital for the better part of a year as a science experiment. And they always told me, if you have your spleen out, there's like a 60% chance this will go away. And I was like, oh man, organ removal, not good. We're not going there. Um, but after a while, the, the risk of the experimentation that was done on me was greater than the risk of organ removal. So I said, okay, remove my spleen. And since then, I've been asymptomatic. So that's, you know, in a long time. That's oh, radical. That's don't, don't do that. People should not do that. Yeah. I mean, you've just mentioned it. And next thing it's hot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, take out this, take out that. Um, but I think one of the things we probably agree on is that mm. we have a series of steps or non-negotiables that we put into our lives on a daily basis that yeah. I believe that add up over time. Right. Yep. And the more you dive into this space, the more you learn and you're able to discern what is real fiction what mm -hmm. is fact coffee mm -hmm. alcohol you know like all of those conversations yeah. you are able to dive in and access the type mm -hmm. of people that can give you the real deal on that information yes. and then implement it into your life on a daily basis so mm -hmm. what are your non-negotiables david sleep gotta sleep um nothing works without sleep you're not going to lose weight you're not going to live longer you're like everything falls apart so um first thing figure out how to sleep if you're not sleeping like i've got my sleep efficiency up i sleep about eight uh, i wear a tracker so i know um yeah it's around eight hours eight ten a night but my sleep efficiency is up to 96 percent because yeah. i work at it um i i think it's just absolutely critical the um you know the other non-negotiable in my life is exercise um like if you take exercise like after two days you don't want to be around me if i haven't really exercised so now what I do is I'm working on my, I mean, you asked uh, every day, I, I sort of like every day, every week, like modify what I do as I learn more. So right now I'm sort of all about increasing my uh, mitochondrial efficiency and the capillary system in my body. And by, and so something I've avoided for decades is zone two aerobic work, which is that really super boring you don't get any endorphin high, just Low sort plod. of plodding <laughs> along. But um, good for podcast listening. <laughs> so right. um, I, I, I've been doing, so I've been doing that every morning and then do my strength training in the afternoon. Um, but I, so sleep, exercise, and if you deprive me of good food, I also, I turn into a toddler. I just fall to pieces. Yeah. So um, yeah, those are the big three. Yeah, we have uh, so many similarities and we've covered very, very similar ground. So in the podcast, Sexy Aging, we actually did dive into menopause and hormonal changes and shifts mm -hmm. in, in women. And probably my, from my own personal experience, the very first thing I became obsessed with that I felt would make all the difference, hands down, 
weight loss, uh, brain fog, um, joint recovery was sleep. And so I recently re released my first book, it's called My Menopause Memoir, and chapter one is on sleep. So it's like, you can't start without that. That is your foundation. And mm -hmm. like you, I'm really obsessed with my sleep. I track, I study it and I tweak it as necessary and plan ahead for the times that I think might not work out, like celebrations, right? Who doesn't want to celebrate the good times with their family? And you know that it's going to impact on your sleep. So you kind of just tweak that and prepare for that. And um, one of the other things you mentioned was, uh, you know, exercise and the, you know, the changes that you've had to make. And also for menopausal women, there are significant changes you need to make in your fitness training. So um, it, I just think, you know, finding out the, the science around what's really good for our bodies and what can we sustain, right? It's like, we know these habits are for life, but we want to be able to do it for life and not put something into our body or cause something that's going to stop us from doing those things that just naturally make us happy better sleep movement and quality food yeah the foundations awesome we're going to talk about food a little bit more soon because sure. I, I looked on one of your posts and you had this kick-ass smoothie recipe and i want us to compare, um, compare <laughs> notes. <laughs> my smoothie <laughs> i literally i went through the recipe and i went oh my gosh we are the same person um <laughs> are people really scared when they see you like sometimes i have people who don't know me they, they come over here and they see me make this thing and they're like you eat that and it's oh, like yeah. well yeah yeah and there's a damn good reason for it actually when you also mentioned mitochondria yeah. i don't know i haven't spoken to people about this sometimes things come out on the podcast that i'm like should i say this when i eat food i visualize the impact of that nutrition on my mitochondria like i it's called mm. mindful eating i guess but because i understand the science of it and how it affects your body and how important it is to have lots of healthy mitochondria and long telomeres. Mm -hmm. I visualize how that food is feeling in my body, mm. where it's going and what the effect that it's having on my brain and muscles and yeah. Is that a bit that. weird? <laughs> no, I love that. Yeah. Okay. No, if someone out there is listening and going, oh my God, she's so off. The rocker uh, <laughs> but mindful eating guys highly recommend it so i want to talk about your podcast um sure. i've mentioned i you know i've been following since one i've been one of those very first people that pushed subscribe um you have interviewed some super fabulous people stacy london kathy smith cheryl I love kathy. kathy's my buddy kathy is a an athletic monster yeah uh, i just iconic. i'm gonna tell you I'm going to tell Please. you a secret about Kathy. Please do. So Lots of secrets. We, Bring it. <laughs> so, so we both work out in the same gym. Um, and Kathy's daughter is an Olympian. And Kathy is now 70. And you see Kathy on her videos. And she's got this like little two-pound like pink kettlebell saying like, okay, girls. That is not what That's Kathy not does. No. no. <laughs> Kathy's got look like a at her body. Pounds. Yeah. She's like... I, you know, Kathy is incredibly strong and it's not from the two pound kettlebell. I'll tell you. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, amazing. I, I, you know, follow Kathy and she's just stunning and she yeah. is the epitome. I mean, like 70. Are you freaking kidding yeah. me? That, oh, yeah. She's crushing it. That is what I want to be like at 70. And I'm just going to keep following Kathy. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I do believe you. I mean, she is obviously pitching to the mainstream just keep mm -hmm. people moving right keep keep moving don't That's stop right. moving but you know right. and we know that 
you know, yes. she lifts a bit heavier than that. That body. Little, okay, Cheryl bit. Ladd, yeah. Carrie Otis Sutton, yeah. uh, Joan McDonald from Love Training with Joan. How cool oh, is yeah, Joan. she? Oh yeah, yeah, Joan. Like, yeah, Joan and her daughter. Like, uh, they're, they're like single-handedly changing people's perception of what can happen to a seven-year-old body. Yeah. Okay, so I just want to speak a little bit more about that. So if, it, if you're not aware who Joan is, training with Joan, if you find her on Instagram, she's also really Instagram savvy. So that's cool. That's great for the mind and creativity as a 70-year-old. But she literally physically changed her body from the age oh, of, yeah. I don't know, 60 through to 70 with nah, weight. She training. started it. She started at 70. She was <gasps> 205 pounds at 70 and she was looked like a marshmallow. And at, she's now 75. She just she had her birthday two days ago. And Joan does dead hang pull-ups with a 25-pound weight. I, that's, I'm, in, I'm pretty strong. That's, and that's hard for me to do. And Joan's 75-year-old woman. So, hey, Amazing. don't tell me it can't be done. <laughs> I'm so inspired. I'm actually a bit, a bit in shock because I'm processing yeah. that weight on my body. And I... I mean, I just want to do a chin up so I can, you know, escape the zombie apocalypse or something like that. So, you know, life skills. Um, okay, here's some of my, now I'm getting into the um, sexy mm. geeky part. All right, let's do it. What uh, you Dr. Got? Dr. Vonda Wright. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, orthopedic surgeon. Yeah. Um, you know, she is just so fun and uh, just so engaging. I've listened to many, she's, she's actually guested on so many podcasts. And um, yeah, so if you do have sort of joint pain or you're wondering how aging affects your joints as you know, as you age, do check out Dr. Vonda Wright on the Super Age. And then my all-time favorite, obsessed with Dr. Ken View. Oh, Ken. Dr. Ken's Ken. my buddy. Can you pass it on? Pass it on. Say I said hi. Okay. Love the episode on I just um, I spoke to Ken yesterday. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, the longevity science episode followed up by peptides yeah. um, and the benefit of peptides blew my mind. So I listened to the longevity science episode six times mm -hmm. and made my husband listen to it too. And I said, this is life. This is how we're living. Uh, mm -hmm. These tenets of wellness um, mm -hmm. and to just, you know, just the fact that there are people out there who are literally sharing for free, how you're going to live to 120. So it's incredible. Love those, uh, love those guests. And then you recently released a Kirkass episode, Hot or Not, with Tamsin Fidel. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I got tired of doing all the heavy science. It's like, come on, girlfriend, what's hot or not? Let's talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So here's my question. Why a yeah. podcast? Why did you, how did you get into it? Why did you think it would be a good idea? And what's your sort of underlying reason behind launching a podcast? Well, I, I thought it was a terrible idea. Uh, somebody came to me a couple of years ago. I, well, actually, I mean, people have been asking me to do this for a long time. And I just was like, I don't have time to do this. Why would I do this? And it's just like, I'm really busy. And then somebody came to me and they're like, here, we're going to show you how to do this. It's not that hard. So the reason I started doing it was because I wanted to have a closer relationship to the people who read Aegist. Um, and it's one thing to be able to write things, um, and to sort of put that out of the world. It's like another thing when you become like a voice. And so people get 
to know you. And, and that's what I wanted. I wanted to, um, you know, let people know that like, um, I'm kind of a fun guy. <laughs> you are a fun guy. I mean, I am often walking along doing my slow cardio. Horrible zone two. Oh, <laughs> zone two cardio, listening to you, you know, and I do find myself chuckling, you know, when you pass someone and they're like, huh, oh, what's she listening to? <laughs> oh, good. Well, I'm glad it works. Yeah. David Stewart. <laughs> um, top three interviews. Sorry about this question. Apologize in advance because it is like picking children, but top three interviews and why? Oh, gosh. Um, Put you on the spot here, I think. Dr. Dr. <laughs> Kelly, my dermatologist, because she's super fun. It was the first time she'd ever done a podcast, and I never <gasps> do them in person. And I got her to come ketamine. over. Ketamine. And, and um, was she? Was no, the ketamine was another one. Oh, okay. Um, but she, Dr. Kelly's my dermatologist, and she came over and she, this was right after the Linda Evangelista cool sculpting disaster. And so we, we talked a little bit about that and um, that was really fun. Ketamine, yeah, the ketamine doctor, um, also super interesting, shaking the snow globe and redoing the pattern, very interesting. Um, you know, I think they're all, when, when I do these things, they're not really scripted, it's just like, hey, let's chat. And, and you don't really know what the people who have something that they're, the more experienced people who are oftentimes selling something are the more boring because they got, they basically got a script, right? They got a bunch of talking points they want to hit and their PR person has put this in front of them and said like, here, check off these 10 things. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I ignore it's, those it's the other people I find super interesting. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I ignore those emails. I get quite a few of them actually. So it's yeah. like, it's trolling through going, does anything jump out here? Have you got something, a message to share for the world? Well, everyone is going to get a benefit and not necessarily promote your product. Right. Yeah. I try, you know, I just try and make it like if I have fun and I learn something, I figure somebody else out there is going to have fun and learn something. Like last week we had a woman on who wrote a book called The Downstate about circadian rhythms and the value of rest. And when I first got the book, I was like, oh yeah, you should rest. That's probably like not a particularly novel idea. Um, but then I read the book and it was really interesting. So, you know, one of the things I learned, you might like this, there's a circadian rhythm to what kind of exercise you should do at what time of the day, which I never knew. So okay. you want to do like sort of aerobic cardio activity early in the morning. Yep. That's what do, I do. Yep. And, and then do strength training in the afternoon. I told her I did this and she said, well, that's like, let me tell you why. Like that just sort of works for me, but, but there's like a reason why that works. So like, I, I just point this out in like, every time I talk to somebody, I learn some kind of like interesting thing like that. I think, oh, that's, that's cool. Yeah. Isn't it cool? So you're Didn't learning how to upgrade your life and then you just yeah. putting, sharing it out there, being altruistic in your message and just Letting other people they're just entirely selfish. It. They're just all these people are teaching you how to live better. <laughs> yeah. I have these world's foremost experts teaching David how to live better. So oh, I love it. And now, and now I'm actually, <laughs> <laughs> so you, it's called paying it forward, David. Yes, exactly. Paying it forward. Yeah. Who would you like to interview? Have you got a list of people that you're like, oh, hey, if they drop me an email today, I'd. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dr. Lisa Moscone. Oh, yes. Um, oh, my gosh. She's doing incredible things right now. 
very interesting. Um, you know, she, she's all about brain health, initially yep. food in the brain, and now the protective effects of estrogen on the brain. Yeah. Um, would, she's super interesting. I would love to speak with her. Um, who else? Uh, Rhonda Patrick, I find really interesting. Um, she's, you know, um, uh, deals with human biology um, and the effect of different things on that. I think that's really interesting. Um, I like people. I also like to hear, um, I've got a guy next week who did 11 seasons in the NFL. Oh, wow. Um, cool. And he, he went to Harvard and he did 11 seasons in the NFL. And he knows a thing or two about athletic recovery. Um, so we're going to talk about that. So, yeah. Brilliant. And then, and then who knows, right? Someone else comes along and you're just like, whoa. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Well, I've mentioned it at the start of the podcast, but my ultimate person that I'd like to interview, and it's really interesting, actually, it's, it's Cameron Diaz. And the reason why I'd love to interview Cameron, so if you know her, just say hi from me. But <laughs> I, um, if I go back a little bit, I first got into the idea of living the longest life, the best life I could when I was about 45 and I was smacking up against perimenopause and I didn't even know it. I just felt like things needed to change. And so I was gifted her book, um, the longevity book. And actually I didn't read it for a while and then sort of, about six months after it was still sitting on my bedside table, I thought, oh, I'll just start reading. I actually found it really interesting, but it was the catalyst to going further and beyond and finding out more deeper mm. science. It was, there were quite a few really cool things that she mentioned around the science of, you know, healthy living. Mm. Um, so it was the catalyst. And so I just thought, you know, one day I'm going to catch up a glass of wine, me and Cameron, we're going to talk about this. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Give her a call. Who knows? No, I already, you know, slid into her DMs, but I'm pretty sure she has PR person, people that go, uh, not you. <laughs> um, let's move on to The Ageist, your publication, digital yeah. publication. Um, absolutely brilliant in the approach around tapping into all things important um, across, well, I, I don't really feel like it's an aging magazine, but it is really appropriate, the topic. So you cover... Um, interviews of a super ager. I mean, those interviews are great, great reading, fashion, travel, uh, products that are relevant to people say, I don't know, 45 plus products that we would be interested in. And not just for the sake of promoting a product, like it's um, a legit, this will be good for you with a science background. Mm -hmm. And of course, finance. So you have a whole lot of um, different topics that I think are really relevant to us. Um, where to from here for the magazine? What's your ultimate goal with that? Well, you know, um, I'm not a particularly good strategic planner. I'll tell you my great strategic plan when I started it. It was a very, very simple text-based newsletter that we sent to 50 of our friends. And my grand strategic plan was that they would remain our friends after we sent them this thing. So, uh, you know, we're quite a bit bigger than that now. And, you know, we have a lot of considerable amount of people that work on it now. Um, I, you know, for me, it's, if I can continue to be helpful to people and inspiring to people um, to show them to continue in an aspirational mode, which most things over about 40 are not. 
Yeah. Um, they're like medicalized and infantilized and be scared and all that stuff. And, and we don't do that. Um, and I, I think that continuing to do that and the more and more people that I can reach with that message. And as you said, that whole 360 ecosystem around this time of life, I'll, I'll tell you, interestingly enough, you know, Tracy, like half of our audience is under 50 and like almost a quarter of them are under 30. Um, and I asked them why, and they just say, you guys are cool. We're going to learn to be like you. <laughs> so yeah, That's cool too, isn't it? <laughs> that mindset shift. I also have, have come up against a lot of, I do uh, sort of associate and hang out with quite a few younger people. And I'm really mm -hmm. curious as to how they think. And I do feel like there is a real open-minded respect for the fact that we do have this wisdom and this experience and we're not necessarily over the hill they actually maybe dare I even say it think we might be kind of cool <laughs> you well, know yeah I mean I I the younger people that we work with at Aegist I always learn from them um mm. I you know the thing is just don't talk down to people and say like well when I was your age like if you say that like boom like they just are going to black out whatever comes after that. Mm. Um, and I think everybody, everybody has something to offer. Um, there's a whole lot of stuff that I don't understand. And I don't know about. Um, and so I, you know, younger people help fill that in. And then, you know, there's a lot of things that I know that they don't know. So, so I help them and that sort of up, down intergenerational interaction, I find like really interesting. Yeah like the metaverse <laughs> like, they're going to help us with that uh yeah and how are you with that right now because i am on the cusp of exploring a little bit more so oh. yeah how are you like, with that NFT? i don't have an oculus yet um right. so i haven't entered the metaverse um i read snow crash when did that come out that was like neil stevenson like mid 90s yeah um so if anybody wants to know what the metaverse is really going to be like just go read snow crash um th that's what it is essentially um i'm i'm just i i think it's a great thing i think it's just another tool it's going to be like the telephone um you know or like the car like when the car came out all the people with horses were pissed off yeah. the car was a better way to go um you know does it mean you stop riding a bicycle or walking or doing these other things no it just helps you go further faster that's okay so yeah. i think metaverse is like that yeah yeah I, i'm actually really um, like like you i feel like really open-minded to exploring you know how it can benefit our lives and our health because i don't think it's going to you know push away the opportunity to stay healthy and fit i think we all embrace it and there'll be lots of ways that we can use it in our lives mm -hmm. and through workouts yeah. and what have you um Okay, so getting down to something sort of a little bit more basic. <laughs> um, you look amazing. Uh, you're what? Are you six? flirting with me? Mm, me? <laughs> just checking. I just checking. Okay. No, yeah. I'm just, I think it's because if people are listening on the podcast, unless they go back to the YouTube channel and actually see that you are a glowing resemblance of health and wellness, it's true. <laughs> so, okay, you put this kick ass smoothie into your body like most days. Do you want to just break it down step by step? How do you build the Aegist smoothie? Oh boy. All right. So it's been evolving. It continues to evolve. I've been eating some version of this for over 30 years. 
So um, <laughs> the current <laughs> the current version um, is uh, a whole fistful of raw spinach. Yep. Um, maybe half a dozen blueberries, not too many. So you keep the glycemic load down. Um, some ground flax seed, um, more olive oil than you would think. Mm. Um, some cinnamon from salon, get the salon cinnamon. That's the stuff that works. Um, five grams of creatine, a couple scoops of, uh, collagen powder. Mm -hmm. And then the protein powder, I sort of alternate between either whey based like organic whey-based powder or vegetable powder. Um, and then along with, so then I like grind all that up. And then I have a bowl of steamed broccoli with um, some cauliflower and some steamed garlic. And that's sort of the side dish. And that's, what, that's like what I eat for breakfast. Yeah. Isn't it bizarre? Like I never thought that as a kid that I would start eating vegetables ground up vegetables for breakfast mm. but it's like can't live without it mm. day doesn't function without it you just feel the mitochondria going yes feed me <laughs> yeah more vegetables just eat yeah. like eat more vegetables of okay. all kinds yeah so you did try to be a vegan oh it's terrible it's awful <laughs> so segue eat more vegetables but don't be vegan okay so what's your take well, on that no 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 it it just i i need to be clear about this it didn't work for me. And I, and this is where, this is where I have a huge problem with all these sort of prescriptive diet books, like, oh, you know, yes. Gundry, so do like, don't, don't yeah. eat lectins or don't eat this, whatever. No, 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 no. Like the sort of food that works for you, you have your DNA, you have your epigenome, you have your microbiome on top of that. They have whatever your activity of the day is. You are a unique human being. And food is going to affect you, different foods is going to affect you uniquely. And to say that, you know, like um, anything that's like average is ridiculous. That's saying like, well, the average human is five foot eight. Well, you're too tall or you're too short. Like this is just dumb, right? Mm. Like it's the, the future of all these things is really going to be personalized nutrition based on how these things affect the biomarkers in your body. Um, so I, you know, I, I probably track more than most people do. I, I had a continuous glucose monitor for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to try something next week and use it again. So like with something like that, that only tracks one thing, but it's a really interesting thing. What, how does eating certain food at certain time of day affect your glucose level? So for, for me, um, things like, uh, one of my favorite junk foods is Amy's froze organic frozen pizza with mushrooms and olives, which I just love. Oh, I just love Sounds it. Sounds amazing. It's Friday. Oh, it's here. So good. Now, you, now you put it in my mind. and I Oh, it's so good. But it just destroys down. my blood sugar. <laughs> yeah. It just like goes through the roof. So I know like, okay, like you can't eat that. Um, but I think that someone else, it might not do anything to. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's highly unique how these things work. So for me and me only, Two weeks of veganism made me dumb, fat, and depressed. And I was just like a, a, a wreck. I couldn't yeah. think. I was just, and my wife came back from a trip and she sees me on the sofa and she's like, what's wrong with you? And I said, well, I've been doing this diet. And she's like, oh my God. And she like pulled out some frozen chicken fingers out of the freezer and gave me a couple. And then like 10 minutes later, I'm like, oh my God, I feel great. My brain works. Yeah. Uh, so it just didn't work 
for me, and I'm not saying for anyone else, um, it may be great. Yeah. So where are you now? Like, what, like, how would you term the way you eat? Because I don't subscribe to any diet. I've just, like you, I've tweaked things and I know what works for my body. And I'm aware of things like inflammation, particularly during yeah. the stage of life as a woman. There's a, it's, you know, estrogen drops, inflammation goes yep. out the roof. So yep. tweaking your diet around the fact that you are highly inflamed is probably the best way you can deal yeah. with it. But, you know, for you now, what, what's working for you? Well, I think, I think the inflammation is a really, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up. So um, inflammation is the root of aging. So many Sadly. diseases. Of aging. <laughs> yeah. um, and one of the huge ways to cause inflammation is to eat a high glycemic load diet. Um, that's, that is going to mess with your everything, all of your organ systems, your brain, everything in really bad ways. So there is one thing I know, and I can be universal about this. Um, do not eat a high glycemic load diet. Um, that's just a bad thing. Yeah. So um, the, the worst possible thing you can do, get up in the morning and have a glass of apple juice or a glass of orange juice. That fructose is going to turn your blood into this pink foamy stuff. And it's going to bond to the inside of your arteries and the capillaries in your brain. And that is a bad thing. So don't, don't do that. Um, that's pretty much where I, right now, that's, um, I try to eat as many vegetables as I can and variety of vegetables. Uh, I aim for 15 herbs count um, because that's really good to keep the microbiome happy. Mm -hmm. um, variety uh, and, you know, a certain amount of protein. The protein thing is again, a little tricky because um, as we age, we um, absorb it differently. But if you eat too much protein, all you're doing is you're just, eating really expensive carbohydrate because um, yeah. your body's just going to turn into glucose. So like, like that's, but I, I, I try and have some protein, um, my protein, I don't, I don't eat, um, red blooded animals. Um, yeah. I, I don't eat red meat. That's just me. Um, I, you know, I'm big on wild fish. Um, and, um, I try and like my first two meals of the day, uh, tend to be vegan. And then I'll have like some kind of other protein at night. Yeah. Okay. Kind of similar. So yeah, one of the really interesting things with um, women as we age is that we're encouraged to increase your protein amount. Mm -hmm. So I'm still diving into the science of that because I understand how the body reacts with processing protein and it's different times of the day. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you have too much protein, it elevates your, um, your uh, temperature. So <laughs> if you're having hot flashes at night, hey, that's not going to work out. So it's just certain things that I'm still really diving into the research of how do you integrate realistic protein values into your diet on a daily mm -hmm. basis right so yeah it's very interesting conversations um i have another question for you so sure. we're podcasters and obviously we tune into other people's podcasts what do you what are your what's on your listen sheet at the moment what are you listening to i don't listen to any podcasts no zero <laughs> yeah i don't um, is that because you're time. reading, you're spending time reading or? Yeah, I do what? a lot of time reading. Okay. I, um, I don't, I also spend very little time driving, which okay. I think um, I've sort of organized my life. I, I find driving like a, just a tremendous waste of time. So I've organized my life so I don't drive very much. Um, once in a while, I love Rachel Roberts. Mm. I will, I just think she's such a badass. <laughs> um, but I find like the other ones, like 
I'll look through, if somebody has someone interesting on, that's something I can learn from. I just, um, I read through the show notes. I can do it faster um, than listening. I know it sounds weird. Like people are like, well, what do you, I, I don't, I, I mean, I just, I'm a podcaster who doesn't listen to podcasts. <laughs> Yeah, oh, well, I actually find that really surprising. So that that was that was interesting. I will put that in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so your books then, and you have you've been kind enough to recommend a couple of books through our conversation already. But yeah. what what's if there was one thing, one book you were going to recommend to someone who's starting Ooh. out on this journey of like I want to shift into a mindset that's going to be really good for me for the next 10 20 30 years I'd like to live older than my dad who died of a heart attack I'd like to mm. live older than my mom who fell over at 70 and ended up having a you know a hip problem and it really took her downhill so people are in our world are starting to think like this so where's a place that they can start from if you had a book recommendation um there's a, it, it, it's, it's very guy based, but um, there's a book called Younger Next Year that was um, originally done, I think in the early, late 90s, early 2000s, they've, and they've updated it. That sort of lays it out um, in really simple, easily understood ways, like don't eat bad food, <laughs> go to sleep. <laughs> this is the kind of exercise you need to be doing. And you know, what they say is um, you need to exercise hard six days a week. And we're only telling you six because seven's too scary for you, but you should really do seven. <laughs> yeah. Move um, every day, right? Move. Yeah. Just like, you know, plan to exercise hard every day for the rest of your life. And um, things can get better. That's, that's probably a pretty good one. There's like, once you sort of get into the, you know, Matthew Walker's book, um, Why We Sleep, um, that'll scare you straight if you're not sleeping well. Um, James Nestor's book on breath, I think is excellent. Um, and I think I would, I would stay clear of the diet books. Yeah. Um, not such a great idea. Um, but yeah, younger, yeah, younger next year is really fun. Oh, thank you for that. I'm going to look yeah. into it. I haven't had not heard of that one. And yeah. you're such an inspiration to me, David. I, you know, just love when a new podcast episode drops and I get that ping on my phone because um, <laughs> I know it's going to be enjoyable. I'm going to learn something it, and I get to implement a lot of what you do put mm. out there. You're making a difference to my life. And I know, oh, you, you know, thousands of other people are really enjoying the content that you're putting out there. This is your purpose. It's uh, it's awesome. And keep doing what you're doing. We absolutely love it. And thank you for coming you. on Sexy Aging. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to announce that my Sexy Aging Lifestyle course goes live mid-May. I offer two hours of video content broken into micro lessons to help you understand the menopause transition, the symptoms, what's happening to your body, a special focus on midlife fitness training and nutrition, as well as touching on the effects of stress and the importance of sleep and rest. If this is something that interests you, subscribe on www.sexyaging.com so you don't miss the discounted offer for the first 200 subscribers. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed talking with my guest. 
I'm so grateful to learn that so many people are sharing the podcast with their families and friends. If you are a new listener, then I encourage you to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I'd also love to know how you feel about the content, so take a quick minute to review and send your feedback. If you're a Spotify listener, there is also a poll and a question at the end of every episode, and I'd love to gain your insights there. Till next time, keep it sexy.